and welcome to the Brology Podcast. I'm Austin, a.k.a. G.I. Joe, and I'm here with... Ryan, a.k.a. the reincarnation of JFK Jr. That's right, QAnon listeners. I am coming back, and I'm running for vice president, baby. And if you like your dog licking peanut butter off your nuts, you've come to the right podcast. You 100% have. If... You get really excited when your cottage cheese kind of starts to turn and yellow. You're listening to the right podcast. That sounds fucking disgusting. Yeah. I don't eat cottage cheese. I don't I don't either. I I really don't. I like ricotta cheese. But you like know what I'll lasagna. fuck with? You know those string cheese sticks? Well yeah. They're fucking amazing. So <laughs> But they they're not as good as like if you eat them like bite after bite, you gotta pill them. Oh, yeah, you got to peel them. But it's still funny, right? It's that whole thing where it's like uh, that old joke where it's like, hey, you want to just uh, go out and sit down with me at a restaurant and eat six uh, string cheeses back to back? It's like, hell no. You want to go get six mozzarella sticks? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Oh. Dude, man, mozzarella sticks aren't what they used to be, though. Like, you go to a restaurant, you used to get like a fucking six inch cheese stick, and now it's like this big. Right. Times are tough, man. Everything's going lean, man. Fucking inflation, man. I spent like fucking almost $400 at the grocery store the other day. Yeah. Dude, I haven't bought groceries in a fucking minute. And it's just because when I do, I'll go drop like 300 bucks at one time and I'll get a whole bunch of shit that holds for a while or that I can throw in the freezer. But so I'll go to like Costco and get like a big bag of this, a big bag of that, what have you, right? And then I don't have to buy groceries for like two months. And don't even get me started on the price of meat right now. Mm -mm. It is fucking ridiculous. Dude, that's why I've gone pescatarian. Like, not by choice, but it's just ground beef and chicken and everything else is fucking outrageously expensive. But you know what's not expensive? Tilapia. Tilapia is not expensive. But, you know, tilapia is not like a natural fish, though. It is. It is. That that whole thing is a damn... Is a conspiracy it theory is, that got started. Well, I'm started. saying it's 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 natural, but I guess it's similar to the way cows are now. Like they're so fucking fed with hormones and shit to hurry up and breed them faster and faster. Yeah, yeah, it's no different than like chicken or anything else. What ended up happening was is um, so back in the early '90s, tilapia became super popular right because it was a super cheap fish you could get a decent sized fillet of it you know you, or like you know like i do go to costco and buy like a giant fucking bag for like 10 bucks and it's enough goddamn fish to last you like a month it got really really popular and so the um the united states because the united states fishery is separate from the uh usda meat market markets and everything right so the USDA meat markets kind of got together and were like, hey, look, we need to we need to stop people from buying all this fucking fish, man. Like, it, it's, it's really cutting into our profits. And so they started the conspiracy that tilapia was, like, bad for you and it had all this crazy shit in it. None of it's true. N- none of it is true. It's literally I remember hearing one about, food like, organization trying to I fuck know up another. Fish does have mercury in it. Only if it's wild caught from the Pacific. Yeah, I was going to say, but... I remember hearing a bunch of stuff saying like mercury is like gonna like the mercury in fish is gonna kill you and shit. I remember hearing shit like that growing up too. Yeah, and it's true. If you sat and ate like say like wild sockeye salmon caught off the coast of Japan like four or five times a week, every single week, you know, then yeah, you it, it could potentially make you sick but the odds of consuming enough fish to get enough mercury in your body to make you sick is like insane you'd have to eat a lot of fucking i don't know bro have you seen how much i eat like give me some fucking fish sticks it's a lot of fish to do that (laughs) there's so little mercury in it it's kind of like the people that freak out like i remember getting into an argument with one of the coordinators at work right because he's like a big anti-vax guy and, like, his whole thing was, like, I'm not putting that shit in my body. They got fucking formaldehyde and shit in there and blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, it is a trace amount. Like, it is literally such a small 
amount of formaldehyde that you could probably take like 40 or 50 vaccines before it would even show up in your and blood. And do you not work. realize like how much other shit has formaldehyde, formaldehyde in, in it? it? Yeah, formaldehyde is naturally occurring. So, yeah. <laughs> Man. Fucking anti-vaxxers. We need to do another podcast on, like, anti-vaxxing. We really do. Fuck you, Wales. You started that. That's all your fault. I just want everybody in the country of Wales to know it is your fault. I like your country. It's pretty. You have beautiful gardens. Your architecture's nice. But guess what? Princess Diana. Exactly. She was hot. She was fucking gorgeous. So, yeah, good things come out of your country. But you know what else came out of your country? Anti-vax movement. That's you. You did that. <laughs> All right, so I got a story of the week this week. A man formerly described as the world's dirtiest man has died soon after finally taking a shower. Somebody talked him into taking a shower. Okay, so he gave up taking a bath 67 years ago after becoming convinced that it could bring him bad luck and even kill him. But he ended up dying shortly after he had a shower, though there's been no connection between that being his death or not. I mean, the dude's 94. I mean, yeah, and it could have all been psychosomatic too, right? Like him believing that not cleaning himself would bring him bad or would bring him good luck. And then when he finally did get clean, like God only knows what that did to his mental state, especially if he was that old, because we've all met old people. They're so fucking set in their ways and whatever it is that they already believe. You're not going to change their mind about shit. Yeah. So, got, got, it was probably psychosomatic. <laughs> well, <clears throat> he had an unusual lifestyle. Like, he would eat raw roadkill. He would drink from puddles, smoke pipes filled with dry animal shit. And, like, whenever he ran out of tobacco, he would just smoke, like, fucking dog shit. Hey, but he lived to be 94. Like, do I need to be smoking dog shit on the weekend to fucking... Well, so there's something to be said about kind of living that sort of lifestyle, right? Because, naturally, our body needs certain bacteria on our skin and in our bodies to keep us healthy and keep everything working the way it does. And, unfortunately, in our modern world... We try to stay so fucking sterile that it actually does more harm than good, right? Like, realistically, anytime you get prescribed an antibiotic for anything, you should start a really heavy regiment of probiotics and and shit like that. And to be completely honest, you should go a couple days without showering between showers. and, And, like, you should build, you know, go outside and fucking garden right and don't wash your hands come in and eat a sandwich like you should be doing a lot of that after a run of antibiotics to get all the bacteria and stuff that your body's supposed to have back into you because the you know obviously the antibiotics kill all that off yeah it's like has your has uh your wife or a girlfriend ever become like super constipated after finishing a run of antibiotics for something yeah yeah now he actually went to a school of public health in Tehran and they performed a bunch of tests on him before he took, before he took a shower and they actually found a parasitic infection, which appeared to be causing him no symptoms whatsoever. And they, they conclude that since he was so dirty, he had a super strong immune system, which I mean, it makes sense. And so at this time, they still have no idea what caused his death. But, I mean, he's 94. Yeah. He, he was getting old. Have you seen pictures of the dude? Yeah, I got pictures right here. Yeah, he's uh, like, I mean, that dude is, he is brown. And it's not, it's all dirt. <laughs> let's go, let's go a few, damn, 67 years without bathing, though. Yeah, could you imagine how itchy you'd be? Could you imagine how bad you would stink? Oh, I'm sure. Like, oh, yeah. have you ever went like two days without showering, and like your the crease of your leg fucking just smells god awful? So back in my crust punk days, there would be weeks sometimes where I didn't shower. Weeks. The only time I ever did that when I was in the army, and even then I'd take fucking filled showers, get like a get one of those fucking 
five gallon drums of fucking water sit yeah. it up on the side of the humvee and fucking stand underneath it with a bottle of soap and fucking as it was slowly pouring on me scrub yeah. myself yeah no don't get me wrong you know it's like if i ended up at somebody's house and they had like baby wipes you know i'd clean up around my junk and and everything in my armpits and and stuff like that go into like uh convenience stores and stuff and like pop open the thing of deodorant and put it on put the cap back on put it back on the shelf <laughs> like i definitely did all of that back in my crust days but Ever since I uh, grew out of that, no, dude, I take like two showers a fucking day. No, I take one. Two is too much. Well, it depends, right? If I'm, I always take one before I get dressed, right? I'll wake up, and take a shower, get dressed for the day. But then if I end up doing something that's gonna get me like gross, like if I'm out doing yard work or you know, if I go to the gym or, or what have you, and I just get all gross and sweaty, I'll take another one. See, I just. I take a shower after I get home from work. So, like, even when I was going to the gym, I would, you know, I'd take a shower after I leave the gym, go home, do whatever, go to sleep, wake up, go to work, go to the gym, shower after the gym, bam. Yeah. But, hey, everybody's got their own preferences. But Hell, I brush my teeth like three times a day. 67 years without bathing i couldn't imagine no but anyways this week we are talking about reincarnation stories it's fucking crazy i love it (laughs) yeah a lot of these get really really deep um i'm sure everybody out there that's maybe grew up in the 80s 90s watching like unsolved mysteries and stuff like that they would touch on a lot of these stories a good bit then um, I know of at least like two or three like pretty um, good documentaries that came out on like the Discovery Channel and History Channel um, about reincarnation stories, like talking about like little kids in different parts of the world and everything else that could like remember old family members from their old families and everything else. That's the kind of thing we're going to be bringing up on this. Not so much the nitty gritty of like the religious implications of reincarnation because that could be its whole own podcast to be yeah i mean we'll just give a brief view of it so a lot of reincarnation concepts come from like hindu and buddhism and i mean even some christian religions it's it's kind of fewer and far between compared to like buddha and hinduism and all that yeah but that's just a general idea where it comes from if you don't know what reincarnation is it's where Let's say I died, and then at some point later down the line that when a child's born, I guess my soul kind of goes into their body. Basically, yeah, and then you basically assume their life. And there's actually a really long-held tradition, and this is worldwide and culture-wide, that um, the reason you can't remember anything from a certain age back is because that's you forgetting your previous life. That's the soul that's in that's come into your body forgetting everything that happened to it in its past life and starting new. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting as hell. <laughs> but okay, so there are several stories that'll sound very similar. We might touch on a few that sound almost exactly the same, but it's happened with different people. But there are instances of where, like, somebody's been murdered, and they end up actually capturing the guy because a child gives all these descriptions and leads investigators right to where the shit is. Oh, absolutely. And then you also have people that, like, maybe after, like, a loved one or something like that passed away, they became, like, hermits or shut-ins, basically, and nobody would ever come visit and everything else. Then these children start talking about these family members that they remember from their past life, and it allow it basically leads people to discovering these uh, individuals that nobody has talked to for decades because of heartbreak, grief whatever and it's like even if you don't believe in like supernatural stuff or anything like that like you hear stories like that where like a three-year-old is like no there's a man that by this name that lives in this town that was my brother before i died and blah 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 and then you go and find this motherfucker like yeah Uh, it's fucking wild like okay 
One of the first examples, there's no names with this. It was from an anonymous source. But she shared a story in which her three-year-old son had said that he liked his new daddy. Even though the reader's husband was his biological father. Like, the person that like he was talking about is his biological father. Well, you know, the mom was a little confused and asked why he was talking like that. And he's like, my old daddy was really mean. He stabbed me in the back and I died. And I really like my new daddy. He would never do that to me. And then they end up getting more information. And they end up finding a dude named Jerry. And I, th- I believe it was Boston. I think I think it was Boston, Massachusetts. Like, And he ended up laying out like fucking a lot of shit. To help them investigate, like, because I guess the guy, he hadn't been, but, like, because it only happened, like, two years ago. So, it was still in all the court proceedings and shit. And he ended up, a three-year-old, granted, ended up throwing a few clues to help investigators. Which shit's wild, man. Yeah, yeah that, that kind of shit is absolutely wild. And it's, it's, it's weird when you hear stories like that, because obviously you always hear the stories about, like, police forces like getting desperate during like man hunts and stuff like that and so they'll bring in like local psychics or whatever to try and help them like find the body or do whatever and they're never successful they're n- i mean almost there's a n- few accounts yeah but almost never does that actually work out but then here's a fucking three-year-old like nope right here boom boom it's just like uh the first story i want to talk about is this little boy named james right that by the time he was old enough to talk, he started talk. He started having nightmares, where he would be calling out in the middle of the night that the his plane had been shot and it was on fire and he was going down and trying to give like coordinates so that somebody could come and find him, and everything else. Well, the the parents you know started asking or like questioning James about it and everything else, and he would say like that he was a pilot. In World War II, that flew um, bombers, and that he had died because his plane had gotten shot down off the coast of Japan. And he could tell them exactly what make and model the the bomber was. Yeah, could tell he them- said that the red sun was on the side of the plane that shot him down. And you got to remember it. This is a little kid saying he's eight years old. He's not going to know a lot about like World War II. Well, the thing is, is all of this started, like I said, like right when he got old enough to start talking. So it's like between, like it all started when he was like two, almost three. Yeah. You know? And, and so like even that young, he could tell them the name of the aircraft carrier that he was stationed on. He could tell them names of other people that he served with. And, and everything. And when the parents started doing a little bit more research, they found, like, holy shit, yeah, this aircraft carrier was in this area at this time. This plane did get shot down in and around this area. The pilot's name was James also. And at a certain point, they actually took him to a uh, reunion of people that served on that aircraft carrier. Beer. Beer. And when he arrived at the convention or whatever for these uh, these veterans, he could recognize different soldiers by name. Like, he just automatically knew who was who and everything else and could even talk about other soldiers that had already died that weren't present. And, I mean, that's that's fucking wild, man. And then, like, and all of that is documented. And so there are, I've seen things where um, investigators and, like, skeptics and stuff have come in and, like, reviewed the case and everything else and have been like, no, no, he just, you know, saw some documentaries on TV or his dad was, like, coaching him and all of this. But then when they talked to the veterans that this little boy had met and everything else, they were like, no. There's no way that that's the case because he knew very specific things about stuff that happened to us during the war and everything else. And as the boy has gotten older, he can't remember any of this stuff anymore. He's eight years old now, eight or nine now. And he can barely remember any of it. But all these adults that were around him uh, as he was growing up and everything else 
can are like no like all of that shit was really creepy and you know a lot of younger kids keep to themselves a lot so i wonder how much of a past life they might actually remember now reincarnation like it's a wild thing yeah it's completely wild i i wouldn't say i believe in it but at the same time reading some of these stories is like well, what else would it be? Yeah, what else would it be? And it's, it's I'm right there with you, right? Like, I don't know if I 100% believe in reincarnation and everything else, but, you know, it's still that, like, you know, that whole, like, rule of thermodynamics, you know, energy can't be created or destroyed, and that's all your consciousness is, is all the energy. electrical signals yeah. in your brain. And so it's like, when you die, where does that energy go? And so, like, could it accidentally end up in, like, another child's, like, brain, basically, and, like, rewire it or whatever? Like, God only knows. Well, we may never understand. Yeah. Okay, and then I got another story of an 18-month-old Gus Taylor. His grandfather, Augie, had died a year before Gus was born. But the year-and-a-half-year-old Gus claims that he was actually his own grandfather. Sounds like some incest, incestual shit. Are they out of Alabama? No. <laughs> but um, he claimed that he was on his own father at a year and a half. But do kids really talk at a year and a half? Like they they don't say. A I mean, whole some lot. do. You but, know, I've I've met some kids that started talking really young. Well, when he was four, he was able to identify his grandpa in photos or Augie, which is I guess his past self. Yeah. And. But he had never seen the man in real life. And I'm guessing they didn't discuss it with him. But, you know, that might not sound that crazy, right? Maybe somebody showed him a picture. Because kids remember shit that you don't expect them to remember. Well, it gets crazier because years before, Augie's sister was murdered and her body was dumped in the San Francisco Bay. But no one in the family had talked to this little child about that because you're not going to talk to like a three or four year old child saying like, hey, yeah, your grandpa's sister was murdered and her body was tossed in the San Francisco Bay. Well, nobody had said anything to it, but he ended up started talking about Augie's sister and that her body had been dumped in the San Francisco Bay and started bringing up shit about like the investigation and shit like that. And nobody had ever said anything around the child. And this is at the age of four. My four-year-old can't even keep his... Or he'll be four in December. He can't even keep his fucking clothes on, much less be able to give, like, shit about a murder. Like, like be able to talk about a murder investigate. Like... Yeah, man, that shit gets absolutely fucking insane. It's just like, so I heard a story while I was researching this about this uh, this man in Ireland that randomly this woman just like just shows up at her door. Well, not woman, but like young young girl, uh, like teenage, early teenage years. Yeah, uh, shows up with her mother and started just talking to him about the fact that she had been having all these dreams and like these like weird flashes would just come through her head about different stuff and uh, kind of find out she believed that she was this man's uh, mother in a previous life and knew wild shit about their life growing up, all the siblings, everything else, like knew about like paintings that had gotten like packaged up that she had done in her life in like her previous life that had gotten put up in the attic and could describe them like what the paintings looked like and everything else. And so to this day, this like 60 year old man will like call this 20 year old woman and talk to her. Cause as far as he's concerned, that's his mom, you know? Yeah. And it's like, in a way, that's really fucking creepy. But in another way, it's like, that's honestly really fucking sweet. You yeah. Know? I mean, really, like, if you can get reincarnated, could you imagine, like, let's say somebody that passed away in your family coming and talking to, like, be telling you stuff, like, let's say me and you grew up together and we did, like, some wild shit that no one knew about, but just yeah. me and you. And this random ass person comes up to you saying, like, I know this is going to sound wild, but, like, you remember that time we smoked weed behind the fucking schools of the ba- or the bathroom 
at the schools. Like, it's just like some wild shit that no one else knew about. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck? Well, it's like with this woman I'm talking about here. Like, so what had happened was is that she had passed away real young, right? Real young. And all of her kids became orphans, and so they all got put into orphanages and spread out and, and didn't see each other for, like, years and years and years and then came back together when they were adults and everything else. And she was saying that the reason she just randomly showed up at the dude's door was because that was her youngest son at the time and that she felt so much guilt for dying and leaving them alone to have to go through all of that that she had, like, this... She was compelled to like come and hunt him down and the rest of the kids and everything else. But it was like one of those things where like that kind of stuff's not like public record. Like you can't know that like you can't just Google that and find out like that this random person was put through like an orphanage system and and, like everything else. So it's like the fuck bro. (laughs) Okay. Another one I got a world war one veteran was shot in the throat. After developing a phobia of, like, rainy, gray days, a four-year-old, Edward Ostrin, started complaining about severe pain in his throat. Whenever it hurt, he reportedly said that he was shot, and it was hurting really bad. But whenever his mom started asking questions about it, he told his mom that he had been in the trenches, and what she kind of assumed was like his World War One time period. And he was telling detailed stories about his life and being shot in the throat and being killed. The doctors could never find like anything like that was causing his like pain in his throat. Like they took out his tonsils as a precaution. Like, cause you know, kids like a lot of kids have problems with their tonsils and have to get them taken out. Well, they couldn't figure out how to treat it or anything like that. And he kept getting encouraged to tell stories about his past life and shit like that. And then I guess the cyst, like he had a cyst in his throat and it kind of just disappeared after he started talking about his past life. Well, shortly after like the age of six, he kind of just stopped talking about it. So it kind of falls in line with what you were saying, where like once you hit a certain age, you start forgetting your past life. Mm-hmm. So uh, on that note, so there's a man, uh, Vladimir Levinsky, who weirdly enough, I don't know why he gave himself that name, but he was born David Sukambi in England in 1930s, right? But then gave himself like a Russian name. Um, but he was a pianist, right? And from the time he was, I mean, barely old enough to walk, he just naturally knew how to play the piano. And the the music that he just innately knew was Franz Liszt, the German composer, right? And so by the time he like was old enough to really be able to sit at a piano and play legitimately and everything else, he knew everything Liszt had ever written. Which, even for a a skilled pianist in their 40s, knowing how to play everything that a single composer had ever written is still a fucking feat. Like, that is incredibly impressive. And so, like, this dude was convinced that he was the reincarnation of Franz Liszt. Like, he knew everything about the dude's life, knew all of his music, um, like... Everything. It's, you know, that's about as deep as that one particularly goes, but that's still wild that, like, a child that could barely get up and move around could know everything by this fucking, you know, 18th century fucking composer. Okay, I got another one. A three-year-old boy in Golan Heights, he caused a big stir... Like without or throughout the city, whenever he claimed that he was murdered in his past life, the boy was saying that he remember or he was a member of, I think it's Druze ethnic group, which I guess is kind of it's not really a cult. I guess it's just like a religious group, yeah. and they believe in reincarnation. Well, 
He had a long red birthmark on his head. According to their beliefs, birthmarks indicated where a wound occurred where they died during a past life. Which a lot of people kind of have that same belief whenever it comes to reincarnation. Yeah, that pops up a lot. Yeah. And when the boy learned how to talk, he started telling the elders that he was killed by an axe blow in his prior life. Well, the boy was led throughout several villages to see if any of them were familiar to him. And once he found a familiar village, he claimed that he knew exactly who had killed him. And this is in quotations. It says, suddenly the boy walked up to a man and said, aren't you Eli? And then it says, they, he, or I guess the person saying this forgot the name. The man answered, yes. Then the boy said, I used to be your neighbor. We had a fight and you killed me with an axe. Eli told me how the man suddenly had gone white as a sheet. The three-year-old boy then said, I even know where you buried my body. Afterwards, the boy led the elders to a pile of stones under which they found a body with an axe through its head or with a body with an axe through its head. He also led them to the spot where the axe was buried, according according to the report, forcing the killer to confess to the crime. That's fucking wild. Like that that's one of the most wild fucking stories. Yeah, dude, that's like this is similar to the one I was talking about earlier, where there's cases of kids pretty much leading them to where they were killed in a past life. Yeah. So I heard a story about this young boy in Pakistan that worked in a rice mill, right? And one night, a homeless person was was stumbling by and was starving and, and broke in to try and steal some rice to, like, take back to wherever he was, you know, uh, squatting, basically, to, to, to cook and eat night to help, like, basically do pest control. Yeah. You know, try and get the rats and everything out of the area or whatever. And when he found that this man was in there, it, it scared him, and he overreacted, and he shot him and killed him. And so <clears throat> this little boy got re... or, or was born literally... Uh, within an hour of uh, this other man dying. And when he was born, he had a uh, birthmark exactly where the bullet entered and exited the man that got shot in the rice mill was, right? And by the time he was about two or three years old, he started talking about the fact that he, like, that the family he was with wasn't his family. Like, that his mother wasn't really his mother, that his father wasn't really his father, that he needed to get back to his family because he had important stuff to tell them. And obviously nobody believed him and blah, 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 blah. But then he was so persistent and everything else, they were finally like, okay, fine, where are we going? So they ended up driving like five, six hours away. And the kid knew exactly where this family's house was, showed up. He knew everybody by name. He knew, like, crazy details about their life and everything else. And the whole reason he wanted to go and find them and everything else is that he had been saving up a bunch of money for them to be able to basically, like, pay off their house and and everything else. And he had it buried out in their field behind the house. Knew exactly where the money was. And just gave gave it to the family, told them, you know, that he loved them and goodbye. And then went back home with his his new family and everything else, and within a couple of years, completely forgot all of it. Shit. Yeah. That's the thing with a lot of these reincarnation stories. Like, they forget it. Like, after they kind of settle their past life, it's like they move on. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, like, settle into their new existence. So, I read an account where some skeptics and everything else were trying to basically prove that a lot of it is just weird coincidence and and, and everything else. And so, they they brought in a bunch of children to do this study, right? And there was this one little girl that they brought in and they they were asking all the children, make up a person, right? Basically, like, invent a, a person, invent their whole life. Right? Invent their name, invent their past, invent their family members, just make it all up, right? And this one little girl 
did just that and was just like, um, so there's this girl, Samantha, blah, blah, blah. And she was born in this town and she grew up here. And then she went to this high school or she went to this school and these were her friends' names and this was her family members' names. And then all of a sudden it got really dark. And she was like, and then when she got to be this age, um, she was walking home one, or she ran away from home, and a man picked her up that looked like this and drove this kind of car and everything else, and he took me, or he took Samantha out into the woods and did this and did that and, you know, killed her, and this is where her body is and everything else. And the researchers, obviously anything that the children put out there they would do their due diligence to do any kind of research to to show that it's like you can find coincidences and all of this and in general like with most of the kids that they were talking to they were able to find like a person here or a person there that kind of sort of fit in with like what they were talking about but then when they started looking into this whole samantha thing all of a sudden they found like holy shit here's a missing persons report for this girl's samantha and here's where she lived, and here's all of her family members' names, and she did run away from home at this age, and she did go missing, and they were able to actually, like, find her body. And when they were, like, asking her, like, well, how'd you make up that person, and blah, 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 she was like, oh, no, that was me. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's just fucking wild. And so like, it's like literally these researchers sitting around trying to debunk it. And then at the end of the day, like out of like 20, 30 kids or whatever, they got this one sitting there and they're like, okay, so that was fucking weird, guys. <laughs> see, the thing with reincarnation, they believe there's new souls at the same time. Yeah. So not everybody's going to remember a past life. Well, it's like with, uh, so if you talk about like Buddhists, Hindus, Jainists, like everything else that like a real, like Shintos that are really, really into the whole reincarnation thing, right? Like they all kind of share this similar concept of like karma, right? And so if you don't, in, in their belief systems, karma is always bad. There's no such thing as good karma. You don't get good karma. All no. karma is bad. And you want to be as free of karma as possible. You want to have as little karma. So a lot of times they think that if you are young enough when you die, you haven't had enough time to accumulate enough karma to have you be reincarnated as like a owl or, or whatever, right? Yeah. And you, you haven't had a chance to be able to for the universe to decide where your soul or your spirit or whatever is going to go. So it's almost like you're just like, you're thrown into the lottery, right? Yeah. It's just, you're going to get reincarnated, but it's like who, when, where, what, how. You might be a dog. Well, in those cases, you're always going to come back as a person. Like if you've died and you haven't even had the chance to accumulate any karma, you're going to come back as a person pretty much guaranteed. And it's only if you get like bad karma that you're going to come back as like a lower life form. Um, but another thing is, is that they also believe that if you die in a very heroic way, like if you if you die saving somebody or if you die for a cause that's very noble or whatever then that kind of wipes your whatever bad karma you have acute over time it, it wipes that clean and it allows you to come back and try again yeah uh, which explains why a lot of times like soldiers or children are the main ones that you hear these stories about um coming back as being reincarnated and or like people like with the 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 guy working at the rice mill right where it's like great family man you know a pillar of the community everybody loved him blah 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 died in a really horrific way so it's like the universe was just like here man take another <laughs> take another stab at it we got you fam you know yeah and so it's just it's weird that there's these very distinct parallels between all these stories where everything seems to, like regardless of situation it's the same kind of person or the same kind of situation or they were in the same kind of occupations 
and everything else. And those are the ones that get to be reincarnated. And yeah. I, I don't know, man. That's it's like, even if it's all bullshit, even if all of it is complete fucking bullshit, it's still like, there's still all these really weird coincidences and it's still insanely fascinating. Yeah. Completely. Because how else would they know? Like a lot of the shit that they're speaking on, especially a little child. Exactly. Like now, if it's an adult, yeah, they could they could do their own research online. But a fucking three year old child, yeah, a three year old child's not gonna know how to get on the internet. Well, whenever these stories come out, I mean, a three year old child might be able to get on like a tablet or some shit now. But a lot of these stories are older stories. A lot, yeah. A lot of the really compelling ones are older. They're from pre-internet times, where it's like, how would you even find this information? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the uh, the amount of research you would have to do at like a public library, or the kind of like uh, paperwork you would have to fill out to get like public records sent to your house to like look all this stuff up pre-internet and everything else. It's insane. There's no way like a three-year-old is capable of that yeah. at all. Yeah. So. And then you have the Dalai Lama, which how much did you look into there? The the whole reincarnation process for the Dalai Lama? I I didn't look into the whole process a lot. So the Dalai Lama is incredibly interesting when it comes to his reincarnation process, because obviously uh, Hindus and Buddhists and everything else believe that the current Dalai Lama is obviously a reincarnation of the previous Dalai Lama. And they have certain things that happen, right? Like, so like the most current Dalai Lama is not technically a true Dalai Lama. Yeah. He is a placeholder until the true Dalai Lama can ascend to that position, but he's a child still yeah. and is be in training. But when a, a true Dalai Lama or a, um, Oh God, what's his name? A, uh, Dezong, dies before they before they die historically they can always tell when their death is coming they can feel it coming and they will leave clues as to how to find their reincarnated self and so in the past what it'll be is it'll say like okay I have a very, I have a fondness for this part of the world. In my travels or whatever, I became fond of this village. And these people that live there, I'm very fond of them. I would like for those, that people to be my new home when I'm reincarnated. And you will find me in this town and on this date damn near and blah 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 right and then when they die then the monks and everything else for those monasteries will go to that area and wait for a child to be born that meets all of this criteria and it's actually pretty distinctive criteria they have to be born with certain knowledge like know certain things that they shouldn't know like almost instinctively and they'll like yeah. lay out the Dalai Lama's possessions in front of them with a bunch of stuff that's also not the Dalai Lama's possessions and ask them to pick out what had belonged to them in a previous life. And they have to choose it like a hundred percent. There can't be yeah. any misses like, Nope, this was mine. This was mine. I think I remember seeing something like that in the episode of King of the Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, uh, they got to have specific birthmarks on their bodies, like all kinds of crazy shit. And supposedly like a hundred percent of the time they're able to find someone that, you know that like, hits that bill i remember in the episode of king of the hill like bobby bobby hill is like i guess they're like they have a bunch of items laid down on the blanket and he sees a picture what's the what's the indian girl's name or uh not indian um you know con con's daughter yeah oh i can't remember uh, her name anyways like Bobby sees her in a reflection of the mirror, and he's like, I choose her. But, and then the people, like, because uh, it's a whole religious thing, I guess mm-hmm. it's like to find their new leader or whatever. Bobby picks a mirror because his girlfriend's in the, or in the mirror, like her reflection's in the mirror. Yeah. And they're like, they're all like trying to figure it out. It's like, oh, he picked her, but the actual item was the mirror. So do we use him or like what? And then, and then, like, his mom, Peggy's like, well, you know what? 
My son is a god to millions of people. I love King of the Hill, man. King of the Hill is a fucking great. Like, I have this girl I work with. She sounds so much like fucking Boom Harold. Like, you can't understand her. Oh, like, she's like, that dang old man, that dang boom. Like, you, you can't fucking understand her. My aunt, when I was growing up, my aunt Gail was Peggy Hill. Like, looked like Peggy Hill, was a te- was a substitute teacher. Like, that's the same. I, I still, to this day, believe that at some point, Mike Judge met my aunt. <laughs> and base that character off of her. Like, they were the same fucking person. Yeah. Ugh. But, um... So... It's a great TV show, by the way. It is a great fucking TV show. So, with reincarnation, man. So, if you could be reincarnated, one, would you want to come back as a person, or would you want to come back as a certain kind of animal? And B, where would you want to be reincarnated? Like, where? In the world. I don't want to come back as a human. Because I could still fuck a lot, you know? I mean, if you came back as a dolphin, you could still fuck a lot. Dolphins dolphins don't fuck a whole lot, though. But you could be the dolphin. I could be the fucks. dolphin that fucks a lot. Yeah. I still want to be a human. Yeah, I would, too. I'd, I'd, I kind of like being a person kind of cool i mean i hate going to work and all but it's yeah. whatever like but i mean you got good food you got good pussy you got good ass if you want ass to you got vi- video games video games yeah video games are great like yeah you, you can't play books. video games as a dolphin dude you can't read books not There's yet so many good books not yet as a dolphin not yet <laughs> Oh man, look, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna sound like a total fucking dork when I say this, but to be completely honest, I can't think of anything better than, did you ever see that uh, Robin Williams movie, What Dreams May Come? Yes. So at the end, after he rescues her from hell, and they decide to be reincarnated in the, at the same time in the same place so that they could meet all over again. And fall in love and have a whole life together all over again. That is so goddamn romantic. That like, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Like the deepest, darkest, mushiest part of me. Like, I couldn't think of anything I would rather do than be reincarnated in that same situation. Like just really yeah. like, just be put in the same place at the same time as my soulmate. And just be able to have relive uh, everything. Over yeah, just again. go through everything and just have a whole new life with that same person. You know, like I can't think of anything in the world that would be better than that. Like I don't yeah. even give a shit. It's like born dirt poor. Like I don't want to be rich or anything like that because like there really is something special. Like, if you can make that, like, human connection with somebody else, that, like, all the other shit in life, really, it doesn't really fucking yeah. matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be fucking cool, man. That'd be fucking awesome. That, By the way, that's a fucking great movie. I hadn't seen it in a while. Such a good fucking movie. I hadn't seen it in a while, but... I miss, I miss Robin Williams. He had so you many You should watch movies. it with your wife on Valentine's Day. He has so many good movies. What's your favorite favorite movie with him in it? Favorite Robin Williams movie? I gotta go with Hook, man. I might get a little flack for this, but I think Good Will Hunting. Yeah. No, Good Will Hunting is a fantastic... That, that's one of my like top five. Wait, was he in... Yeah, he was in Good Will Hunting. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, He's the um, therapist or whatever. Oh, yeah. Dead Poet Society was great, too. Yeah. Him with Dead Poet. There's just something about Hook, man. I don't know. The whole Peter Pan thing. And you know you know the thing's only got like a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes? Like, like the critics consider that like one of the worst movies ever made. Why? I don't know why. I love it. it See, you can't go off Rotten Tomato. There's so much bullshit with Rotten Tomatoes. Like, they're really not credible anymore. Nah. I, well, I mean, they are, but they aren't because you got the two different metrics, right? You have like the critics score and then you have like the watch, uh, watcher score just like IMBD does. So you can kind of like gauge it based off of that. So it's like the the audience score for Hook is like 70%. 
critic score is like 23%, right? Yeah. So it's like the critics are like, this movie is trash. But like everybody that watches it is like, oh, I fucking love this movie. It's just like, um, have you seen the the new all uh, the remake of All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix? No, I haven't. I plan on watching it probably tomorrow. I've seen it three times already in three different languages. It is so good. Like if it doesn't win best foreign film, then I give up all faith in the Academy, man. I've heard it's really good. It is insanely good. Like between me and Brad Washburn, we've been like the biggest like evangelists for that movie <laughs> at work. Like we've been between me and him, we've been telling everybody to fucking watch that movie. It is so goddamn good. It like imagine the first 10, 15 minutes of saving Private Ryan, but for three hours and some change. It is brutal. That movie is just soul crushingly brutal not just like on-screen violence from like you know explosions people getting shot and everything else but just like really showing how just fucked up trench warfare was like that movie oh yeah is fucking brutal dude trench warfare i'm so glad we're in the future dude like if we were still in like those times i wouldn't have joined the fucking army no ain't no way no my ass would have gone to canada or something like that like dude trench warfare was a fucking nightmare you got to watch All Quiet on the Western Front, man. It's fucking I'm, amazing. I plan on watching it this weekend. Did you ever see 1917? 1917. Give me a refresher. Uh, came out 2019. Uh, it's about two, uh, two friends that have a message they have to deliver to the front line in France to stop an attack because no, I, the armistice has already it. been uh, signed. I haven't seen it. Really fucking good. It's... Like, story-wise, it's very basic, right? The story to it is is very, very basic. But the reason the story is so basic is because, like, so, like, the average film has anywhere between, like, 270 to, like, 680 cuts in it for, like, different scenes or, like, changing camera angles, blah, 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 right? Yeah. In 1917, there's eight. There are eight cuts in that whole film. Like, you'll go, like, 20-something, 30 minutes at a time on a single scene. All filmed in one shot. Shit. It is, like, just from a filmmaking standpoint, it's a what fucking masterpiece. 2018, released 2019. Yeah, so it's still a fairly new film. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Absolutely incredible. Like, to be, and to be honest, the way that they, they have it filmed, you can't even tell that there's eight cuts. The whole movie feels like one continuous scene. Like, the only time that it cuts is, like, if somebody's, like, walking in front of something. And so that object, like, blocks the camera for a second. That's a cut. And But that's it. That's the only time there's a break. Other than that, it's one continuous scene from the start of the film to the end. Shit. You know how hard that'd be as an actor remembering your lines whenever there's so many... Or there's so few cuts. Yeah. No, I watched documentaries talking to the actor, and they were like, it was insane. Like, there's a scene at the end where, like, he's, like, the main character's, like, running through No Man's Land as a bunch of soldiers are all rushing out of one of the trenches to do a um, a blitz on uh, uh, another trench. Yeah. And because they had to do it in one shot, like, everybody was told, like, just keep going. Just go. And there are, like, actors that are, like, running into him and, like, knocking him down. And, I mean, like, hard. Like, running into him real hard. And he just had to, like, pop up and just keep running. And he wasn't supposed to get hit like that. But because it's like, nope, just keep filming. We can't, you know. It's it's too hard and too long to get all this set up and sequenced and everything. So just keep fucking going. So there was, like, a whole lot of improvisation and, like, everything else thrown into the movie just to be able to continue through certain scenes. It's great. Well, shit. Well, Ryan, you got anything else you want to add to the reincarnation stories? The only thing I want to add is that if anybody out there is a reincarnation of anybody in my family, I just want you to know, you fucking suck. (laughs) Like, you were the worst person in your past life like you fucking fuck you 
<laughs> or if you have a reincarnation story yourself or know one, please send us an email at biologypodcast at gmail.com. Or, or if you have pictures of your parents naked. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's a given every week. Every week. Send those to us. Or your grandma. Your grandma's cool, too. We love your grandma. You know who we haven't mentioned yet in this entire episode? Uh, Yeah, I'm a little upset with her right now. Are you? Yeah. What'd she do, man? She forgot to put my fucking clothes in the dryer, so I had to wear dirty clothes to work the other day. Which ones, though? Was it the ones you had to use to, like, wipe her down? Yeah, so they it kind they were kind of sticky when I put them back on. Smelled like sausage. No, it smelled like syrup. Oh, yeah. What'd you? Awesome. What? It's a long story, bro. But like maple syrup or like caro syrup? No, like fucking Aunt Jemima syrup. Oh God, you were using cheap syrup on her. Yeah. You nasty boy. Hey, if it works, it works. Yeah. You gotta be careful with that though. Even though it's sticky, it can still be slightly lubricant. She might be able to get out of the ropes, you know. Uh, no, I don't see. I had to put, I had to wrap fucking towels around her wrist. It, it was a mess, dude. It I'm was sorry. A mess. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I'll, I'll stop by in the morning before I go to work, and I'll, I'll hose her off. Mm. We need to start doing it like twice a day, dude. She, she's getting rough. Yeah. It's getting nasty. She's getting bed sores on the back now? Yeah, and now since we started this podcast, we got other people swinging by the house, too. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. We got to look out for them. I feel bad for them. They but, might. I mean, they're doing it to themselves. Yeah, but my dick's starting to itch a little more than normal, so. You don't think they're using protection? Ah. Uh, I got I would hope you wouldn't go dude, in there raw dogging her. You got to put on, like, a fucking hazmat suit with a condom. Like, it, it's getting rough there. But we still love her. We do still love her. We just gotta... Because now it takes like two people to lift up her titty just to scrub that underneath. Dude, you know, I found an entire bag of Spinks chicken under there the other day. It wasn't even out of the bag. It was still in the bag. That's where my goddamn chicken went, bro. That was your chicken? Yeah, dude. They put that new Spinks by work. And I yeah. stopped there. And I was going I was going to drop off a few wings at her house. And somehow they all just disappeared. Um, maybe she grabbed them and like threw them under her tit. Yeah, no, there's a whole bag down there, man. Still had the steak fries in it and everything. Damn it, man. I'm I'm sorry, bro. Did you eat it at least? No, I'll be honest. All the breading had kind of fallen off from the sweat that it soaked in. Damn it, man. That was a waste of fucking twenty three dollars. Paid $23 for that bag of chicken? Bro, Sphinx is expensive. Six bucks, man. Six nah, bucks. bro, it was it was a full family-sized meal, so you only found, like, one bin of it? Oh, yeah, the dude, there was only, like, one thigh and, like, some steak fries. Oh, bro, no, you'll find more. Ah. 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 But, anyways, thank you all for joining the Biology Podcast this week. Be sure to check us out next week when we talk about... Uh, it's kind of a open discussion about the logistics of conspiracy theories. Yeah, we'll be talking about like whether or not it's actually realistic to be a conspiracy theorist in the modern world, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There are a bunch of conspiracies that ended up being true. But most of those took place before the information age, when it was much easier to be able to basically hide things when there wasn't 24-hour surveillance on all digital platforms cameras on every street corner satellites things have gotten more and more complicated to try and hide and so we're going to be discussing the logistics of modern conspiracies and whether or not it's actually legitimate whether or not they could be pulled off in a modern era some of them could I'm sure some of them could. Some of them could. But then some of them? It's there's like, no fucking yeah, way. Yeah, there's no fucking way. It's like, how do you people even believe that? Like, faking a moon landing? No, no. You could I'll not go, do I'll go that. ahead and throw that out there. No. Well, look, just to 
kind of put a feather in that cap. I just had this discussion the other day at work where it was like, if you genuinely believe that, believe that the moon landing is fake, I just want you to remember that at the time that we did that, we were in competition with the biggest superpower in the world other than us. And since then, we have been in competition as far as space goes with the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth largest superpowers in the world. And eighth. And eighth. For over 50 years. And I would think at this point that if we had pulled some bullshit... Someone would have called us on it. The very first thing the Chinese did when they got into orbit around the moon before they dropped off their their uh, lander was check to see if our moon landing site was there. And guess what? The Chinese fucking found it. Flag's still there, bitch. I mean, it was knocked over from you know the ejection rockets from the limb, but it was still there. Yeah, yeah. So guess what? Moon landing fucking happened. You nerds. <laughs> Unless the aliens took it. The aliens took it and dropped it off for us as a favor. Yeah. They were like, thanks for not tearing down our pyramids, bro. <laughs> Speaking of that, I saw a really fucked up joke the other day. It's like, this might sound a little racist, but fuck, I'm going to put it on the podcast anyways. It was like, you know, they question pyramids everywhere in the world except Mexico. <laughs> because Mexicans are so good at building everything, like... <laughs> like they, they're never like who built these pyramids no the Mexicans definitely built those pyramids <laughs> but all right all right yeah that's funny but that is kind of racist <laughs> but i'll leave but that's I'll, positive that's positive racism that's yeah, like they're really yeah. good at shit but i'll yeah. leave the podcast at that be sure to check us out next week Latest.